You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? Kelsey Charles and Maggie Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Happy Friday, y'all. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Taylor Swift has released a new album, and Dak Prescott is starting as our QB1 on Sunday. What a weekend for you, Megan Murray, and GT Beers alike. I know someone who might be almost as excited about all of those things as we are and you know what because of that we've brought him on our show I think he's like the number one friend of the podcast at this point like he's probably our most maybe number three Swifty number (laughs) yeah for sure um the one and only John Mashoda from The Athletic is joining us. Or if you listen to his show, which I'm sure you do, Father John, is they call you Father, Father John Mashoda? They do. They do. I'm the old man. <laughs> it's so good. I have to tell you, like, I yours is one of my heavy rotation podcasts. It's really, really good. And I love how Kent edits the beginning where he always has some like creepy little, you know, funny sound bite that I it's like half the time I'm cackling, the other half half the time I'm like, what the f are we doing here but i love it either way it's it's um it's art it's phenomenal well i appreciate you listening and yeah he is great with all that stuff and i knew he was when he worked for the cowboys website and then so when he came to athletic i knew when he was doing our podcast that he would have great stuff like that um but yeah no i appreciate listening sometimes i i don't know it's just like probably you guys are with with anything you know you kind of get critical of yourself over little things and sometimes I'll be like, man, was I too negative on there? Because I'm on there with other people that are Cowboys fans. So I'm trying to give a little bit of a other side of it type thing. But I appreciate you listening. No, it's uh, your point of view, John. Never change. Never <laughs> change. Please never change. Well, we had to get your point of view for many reasons. Obviously, you are one of the top beat writers and reporters for the Dallas Cowboys. But you, as Megan mentioned, are Michigan native, Detroit specifically. So, um, the Lions were your childhood team. I had to check in though, because I'm not sure. Like, are you, I know like Florida State is still, you know, near and dear to your heart. Do you kind of feel the same with the Lions still? Um, well, there's a big difference. And that's uh I challenge anybody to be a diehard fan of any team that doesn't win. I don't know how you can be a diehard fan and never miss a game and tune in all the time, and the team never goes to the playoffs. It never shows you any reason to get excited. Um, and that's the Lions. And so it's the hard. Cowboys? For oh, the Cowboys. Like, I are feel so- like it was a little close to home until no. he said, like, they don't have anything to play for. And then I'm again, like, again, again, I'm the old man here. Okay. I'm 40 years old. And so <laughs> I got to see the Cowboys run shop for 
a dynasty era and the lions have never come close to doing, I mean, the last time the lions won a playoff game, they beat the Cowboys and it was in 1991. They have not won a playoff game since 1991. How crazy is that? So to your point though, uh, no, I'm not. I wouldn't be a bigger Lions fan right now than a Florida State fan. But if the Lions ever got their stuff together, I mean, I would I would. It's tough to follow another NFL team when you're covering one. But I mean, there's I got I feel like with the Lions, there's a little bit of that, like the Chicago Cubs where they're kind of the lovable losers where <laughs> how can you really root against them wholeheartedly? You might dislike them because they're playing your team that weekend. But I don't understand how anybody could just hate the Lions. They give you no reason uh, to hate them. So uh, I would love to see them win. If they ever make it to a Super Bowl, I will promise you that I will be in attendance. I don't care how much the ticket costs, but I don't think I'm going to have to worry about that. <laughs> That's such a horrible way of framing it, but I also like totally relate. I, I feel that. Good <laughs> I, hedge. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of the biggest gut punches that you have is that you arguably had the greatest running back and greatest wide receiver to ever play the game on your team. And they did nothing with it. Nothing. I mean, both these guys right away, as soon as they retire, boom, right into the hall of fame. And then you, the best quarterback of my lifetime that that's been the quarterback of the Lions, uh, is Matthew Stafford. And in the very first season he leaves, he wins the Super Bowl. So yeah, yeah that that actually must have really hurt. Like <laughs> I do know some people that were fans of the Lions that then were like, "We'll be by default now." I'm a fan of the Rams, and I'm like, "Are you though? Like, is oh, that yeah. how that works?" Yeah, no, there are a lot of people that, um, and I, and the reason why not because they care about the Rams per se, but there's a lot of people that felt like. Matthew Stafford deserved better uh, because of how loyal he was. And uh, he, I mean, he played through a lot of injuries and things like that. So when he went to the Rams, yeah, there were a lot of people that were rooting for them. Plus it's the Rams. I mean, it's not like it's a team that they were ever rivals with. So it was easy to, for them to root for, yeah. uh, for Matthew Stafford. I know I was rooting for Matthew Stafford and that's your role. I just, I wanted to see him uh, win one, by the way, random story out of nowhere, but yes, we love so, me. so they retired his jersey at Highland Park like a few weeks ago. Yeah. I'm like, it's a high school football game. Did you go? I got, of course he went. I, I walk up there and I have these Highland Park dads telling me, oh, this thing's been sold out for like months. I'm like, are you serious? If I would have known, I would have probably tried to get a credential or something. I didn't. It's a high school football game. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I thought I could just walk up there. Like, oh, no, no. This has been sold out for a long time. So Welcome to Texas, baby. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I saw I saw him. You know, he was in one of those sprinter vans with, you know, I saw him get out with his wife and, and, and their daughters. And I was thinking like, oh, I'll just walk up here and get a ticket. I'm like, OK, I guess I won't be doing that. I guess I'll be going back home. But yeah, that, that is pretty wild wild and yeah like yeah. for your point texas high school football is a religion in itself here like yeah that was i always say this like when i moved from kansas city to texas that was the biggest culture shock for me like football in texas like i dated a guy from midland so like midland lee i mean you can see that thing that football stadium from the actual like google earth cameras yeah right? like it's bonkers like i have it was bigger i mean i went to ku my freshman year right yeah. like Granted, like they're relevant in the football conversations hilariously at this point, but like their stadium is like smaller than some high school stadiums here in town. Like it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Well, I mean, as we record this on ESPN, I'm pretty sure is Allen versus Denton Geyer <laughs> on yeah. ESPN, not like some ESPN news or ESPN 17 on ESPN is Allen versus Denton Geyer right now. Yeah. Like to Plano and we had a, uh, what? almost 15,000 capacity or whatever. We filled that thing up often. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's, welcome that's, to it. That's really cool. Um, okay. Well, I, I do want to like dive in because I feel like while this, this could seem like a, a pretty easy win for the Dallas Cowboys, I feel like there's still some good storylines to look out for. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts initially on the matchup just in general. And then I want to dive into the specifics, but the Cowboys four and two Detroit lions, one and four, the hard knocks keep coming for this team. <laughs> and again, like it's, it's on paper. It seems as though this Dallas Cowboys team should make easy work of Detroit, but do you feel like that is indeed the case, John, now that you've gotten a chance to have you know close to a week watching this team prepare? I always feel like I look at some of these games where it again seems as though we can't lose, right? I say we by meaning the team, the Cowboys, and I am not officially a part of them. But either way, I get nervous when I feel like there's an overconfidence uh thing going on. And I almost feel like we might be in that position right now. So 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 talk to me. Is is that the case that kind of what we're seeing boots on the ground? Yeah, I mean, I think they I think the Cowboys would win this game uh with Will Greer at quarterback. But <laughs> what 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 could potentially happen is I could see the Lions getting out to a lead early. Uh they've shown that this year they have a very good offense. Their offense can put up points. Um, but ultimately they can't stop anybody on defense. So that's why I think this is really the perfect game for Dak Prescott to come back in is uh you know, I, I anticipate them to run the ball a lot. The Lions have the worst run defense in the NFL, so that makes sense. So you're not going to be relying on Dak to have to throw 35 times a game or something like that to win. Uh, that's one part of it. Two is that with a quarterback who has a screws and, and a plate in his throwing hand, you worry about pass rush. And this is a team that just doesn't get a lot of sacks. I mean, they only have, I think, seven on the season. Five of them came in their one win against Washington they're not a team that really gets to the quarterback very often. So that's good for Dak and uh, quarterbacks going against the Cowboy. I mean, going against the lions have a passer rating of a hundred. I mean, they're just, this is the perfect game for him to, to come back against because I do expect there to be a little bit of rust and not necessarily. I think Dak, what I saw before the game in Philadelphia, I, I, I knew Dak was getting close uh, with his 40 to 50 throws. He threw uh, at Lincoln financial field before the game, but to see him this week uh, and to hear the way the team is talking about him. I, I don't think that he's going to be rusty necessarily with his throws. It's more so of the um, he hasn't uh, played with these receivers for a while. So the timing could be off. That's the one, that's the only area where I think that maybe, you know, maybe the thing does, everything doesn't go smoothly right from the beginning. Yeah. You guys still got me by the way. Cause my, okay, I'm good now. Sorry. My screen just went down. <laughs> I thought I lost you guys. I'm, my bad. No, I just walked away to give my dog a treat so he'd stop barking at me. I'm going to be yeah. honest with you <laughs> about what well, happened. I had him on uh, the UK Cowboys the other day, and he was, you know, getting his words in as well. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to bribe children in this house to do what I do. It's totally fine. I'm that mom. No, I mean, I had to agree with you. Like, on paper again, like this, you, you have to give credit to Cooper Rush for buying this team time, you know? And I think that, I'm glad that's behind us. I'm grateful for what he was able to do for this team. I'm I'm sure you are too, John. I don't know how many tweets and DMs and messages you've got about said quarterback controversy. I am I don't even want to know. I'm mortified. About you know, sassy on Twitter there. Just like, well, I wouldn't say sassy so much as like punny and like throwing out little jabs here and there. It's been a joy. <laughs> I, I try I try to do my best. I uh I never thought there was a quarterback controversy. 
Um, but I also, if fans wanted to go with it, I, I didn't have a problem with that so much because, you know, there are times where you saw some quarterbacks come into the league that didn't, you know, they didn't have a great resume and all of a sudden they won some games. So I got that. But I think the thing that bothered me the most is when you have more of those like national shows and stuff like that, where they were really trying to drive that narrative. And um, a lot of times when you see things like that, especially covering sports, you wonder how authentic are they being? Or is it one of these things where, oh, well, we're in our production meeting and someone has to go with, let's go with this quarterback controversy thing because that'll drive traffic and oh yeah, people will be interested in it. And that's fine. And I get it from that st- side. I've just, I've never been interested in that. I, I, I like to be authentic and I, and I appreciate uh, people that are authentic. And so uh, that, that kind of made me roll my eyes more so than, you know, a fan or somebody like that saying anything about it. Yeah. Well, all that to say, I think I think I'm buying what you're selling when it comes to talking about this being a good game for him to come back. Because, listen, like this is his second injury in a hot minute, and I know it wasn't super major, but it did keep him out for five weeks. Like that is not insignificant, right? And I think about the recovery process from him, you know, with last season, and just I, I can't help but think that at some point it might mentally get to you and you have all these narratives swirling around on top of you trying to get back to your best self and your a game again and recover and be confident and not be like leaning on anything to put yourself in a position where you actually feel like you can perform and sorry there's like someone in the garage is like like going ham but i feel like there's a lot of things bring them on the pod seriously like what in the world this is Welcome to living in a city, guys. Um, there's a lot of things that are scrolling around Dak right now. And I can't help but wonder, like, it, it had to have impacted him, in, at least in some bit. Like, even like Troy Aikman, whether or not he meant to or not, was a part of those conversations where it's like, oh, well, you know, this happened to me back in 91. And then they kept playing in the postseason. So all that to say, like, it feels like you want your guy to have a layup or at least a bit of a layup to be able to ease back into it, have some success, both like physically on the field, but also mentally. Like, I feel like that's a huge part of Dak's comeback and really could help shape the trajectory of the second half of this season for this team. Well, whether he would want to admit it publicly or not, he has to have seen these last few games and thought to himself, Hey, there was a time, you know, going into this season, where I thought I was going to have to do a lot more heavy lifting than it appears I'll have to do. And so there has to be a little bit of pressure taken off of you when you look at how well the defense is playing. And and really the game that stands out most to me is this last one. The fact that you probably still win this game if you don't turn the ball over three times. And you could even make the argument they turned it over four when they went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. Um, and, and if you just turn it over maybe once or twice and still something you obviously don't want to do, I think the Cowboys would have beaten the Eagles. So that's your best competition. I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC right now. You were in their house on a Sunday night and, and you came up short. And if you just have two interceptions and maybe you punt instead of going for it on that fourth down, you might be looking at, at, at a win. And it wasn't because you had great quarterback play. I mean, the week before that, it wasn't like you won and, and, and beat the Rams because you had great quarterback play. So Dax obviously can put up those numbers and he's obviously uh, capable of it, but I just don't, I don't know why he would think he has to do that now. And now it's the number one thing is just don't turn the ball over, you know, take what the defense gives you, 
there's going to be critical third down throws, things like that, but you can totally live to play another day with this defense. This defense is legit. It's one of the best, if not the best in the NFL. And and we're not used to seeing that with the Cowboys, the Cowboys for the majority of time we've watched them have been very offense first. And so uh, I would think that what he's seen over his last few games has to make him feel a little bit more at, at, at ease as maybe he felt after that Tampa Bay game week one. Yeah, I guess for me, um, I didn't get to actually like fully listen to all your stuff this week and, and you either, Meg, because I've been traveling. Um, <clears throat> Where'd you go? I was in Nashville. Uh, oh, fancy. That, yep, had some work in Nashville and now I'm back home for about 10 hours and I'm turning around going to Austin and then Houston. So I'm just like, okay, you know, on the road again, baby. Like, why not? <laughs> the, when the Cowboys play the Titans. Uh, I'm going. I was, yeah, I'm so, I was so looking forward to that game because I haven't been to Nashville. And I will say without question, I've been covering the Cowboys since 2011 and I have never paid as much for a flight as I did for that Nashville flight. Crazy how expensive that is. So expensive. Anybody listening, anybody listening to this right now, go ahead and go, go to your favorite airline and go look up and see what, what the, what the flight costs right now. Maybe just drive. Oh, it's not a weekend. Sorry. It's a Thursday. Sorry. It's a Thursday. Are you kidding uh, me? Oh, yeah. it's, it's real expensive. It's bad. Yeah. It's like 17. I looked last time I looked at it, it was like 1700. It's very what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm cause not- I think it comes, it's because it's be- between Christmas and then new, and new year's. Year. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, it's a Thursday night. Weekend. Yeah. Oh, and so- judging by how great these Thursday night games have been, you know, like it's like, it's an investment, but I've <laughs> never been there. So I'm still, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. I will, I will find a way to be there. Maybe I'll just post up and do some work there for a week. And, yeah, there you go. And yeah. I'll just, you know, meet you there. Yeah, but show me where all these good hotspots are. Show me where I need to go. It's not Broadway, I'll tell you that. Okay. Don't go to Broadway. I mean. Why not? Why not? It's like if I did it and then leave. <laughs> yeah, like walk down it and like pop in and grab a drink and then like get out. Like it's a. It's a trap rooftop and watch all the like gloms of people everywhere. Where are all the bachelorette parties at? Literally on Broadway. (laughs) I always think of that because, well, one, because of friends that have had their bachelorette parties there. But the biggest reason is because do you guys remember when they had the draft there and there were those girls just so upset because they didn't know the NFL draft was going to be there and just completely ruined their bachelorette parties. So there's like, what did we come here for during this weekend? Sorry. No, that's a hundred percent like what this place is. Like I was, I was driving around because I was getting there for work and the, I didn't know this was even a thing. Like, you know, the beer bikes in Dallas and I'm sure there are other. Places. Oh yeah. 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 But, so there's beer bikes there, but there's also like tractors. Yes. They pull trailers with hot tubs in them with people in the hot tubs. Like nice. this is a thing. It happens. It is degeneracy at its finest like you have to you either love it or you hate it or you could just go right down the middle and respect it like you can okay. that's kind of what i decided to do so did you um, see like Kristen cavallari or jay cutler or anybody no i didn't i did not that's disappointing i actually did you go to uncommon james <laughs> yeah one of those in dallas it's okay yeah do you guys hear john? oh is there really one in dallas yeah, yeah come on john we you haven't been on our podcast worry, i'm here to keep you hip john don't the worry only, only reason i know about this stuff is because i literally thought jay cutler was hilarious on that show so i watched it a few times he was hilarious oh, he was so Wait, good <laughs> this is great news we'll have to talk about the tea from that show after okay oh good i can't wait okay sorry, sorry. i really did put us up on a meet us in nashville what we're trying to tell you guys come hang yeah. out with john and i uh we're gonna make we're gonna make it happen 
Um, okay, well, back to the Detroit because yeah, we got to win this game first before we get to Nashville. <laughs> That's a thing. Um, I do want to talk about the key matchup, though, because I do think it's a big storyline with Dak Prescott being able to come back. I think this this game, the next game, and obviously the bye, like it's the perfect stint for him to have to just get his feet back underneath him, if you will, before taking on Green Bay, you know, the Vikings, all of that in the second half of the season, if you will. Um, but but talk to me a little bit about some of the key storylines and matchups that specifically are interesting to you, John, as you guys have been like dialing in on everything going, just coming together before this weekend, if you will. The biggest one for me outside of Dak is the defense and just, they didn't play well in and in Philly, they played okay, but not to their level missing 10 tackles. You didn't really have many splash plays from Micah or Demarcus Lawrence or Trayvon Diggs. I just don't think you go back to back weeks without that happening. Uh, generally when a coach is on you because of missed tackles, you usually clean that up the following week. And so the lions can run the ball. They have a very good offensive line. They have very good running backs with Jamal Williams and uh, Deandre Swift. Um, but the thing is, is that I just think that this defense is going to be really dialed in. I understand that the Lions are coming off their bye, and um, I'm sure they'll be very motivated considering how poorly they played uh, in their last game, um, you know, against New England. But I just, I look at the way that I expect Micah to be used in this game, and this is just the perfect game for him to, it's just so opposite of Jalen Hurts. You know, Jared Goff's guy that's going to stay in the pocket. That's what Demarcus Lawrence and these guys, they that's what they want to see. So that part of it, fits well wide receivers in Detroit are highly questionable um they have they have a good one in Amron St. Brown they drafted Jamison Williams real high at Alabama but he's not going to be ready for this game because of the knee injury he got at Alabama um and then the big thing is really a lot of people probably watched hard knocks so they know a little bit about Dan Campbell their head coach and things like that and they were kind of a fun story early on And, and I mean hey they played the Eagles really tough in the season opener so I sit here and I expect the the Lions to lose this game, but they, they're not going to be just a complete pushover. I mean, it's not like they're going to just come out the gate and it's going to be, you know, 21, nothing. And then the Cowboys are just going to cruise. Like they'll, they'll they have enough on, on their team to keep it close. And then on the other side of the ball, Aiden Hutchinson uh, from Michigan, he he's their standout defensive lineman, their first round pick. So he'll be, it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do uh, against this Cowboys offensive line. Is he able to get after Dak? You know, if he doesn't, I think it'll be a long day for that cow. I mean, for that Lions defense. So uh, it's just not a great matchup across across the board for, for the Lions. I just don't if they if they were to win this game, I would just I would be stunned. I just I was kind of surprised the spread was only seven. I thought it would be about I thought it would be at least 10, especially with Dak coming back. So I just don't I think this is a perfect get right game for the for the Cowboys. When you say like get right, and again, you've been more in tune with things this week than I have. So forgive me for asking a semi-ridiculous question. I'm going to ask it anyways, because that's who I am as a human being. But with Dak, you know, if they get to a point where they're just, just killing them, right? Like, is there a chance they say, listen, like we got you in, we got you warm. We got you in a good spot. Let's go ahead and give some of the other guys a shot, like towards the end, obviously, so that, you know, they just, they can manage his, his workload a little bit because they have, again, that luxury that they've been gifted by not only having sufficient backup quarterbacks, but then with this stretch of a schedule that could put them in a position to, dare I say, like be in a little bit of a, have a, have a bit of an easier time, if you will. Yeah, there could be, I, I mean, late in the fourth quarter, you know, maybe the final eight minutes, I just think it's going to be tough to get Dak to come off the field. You know, I thought mm-hmm. it was interesting how Mike McCarthy said today that 
um, in Thursday's practice, he had him on a pitch count, only had him throw 40 times. And he said that Dak would have thrown 140 if you would have left it up to him. And if you would have left it up to Dak, he would have played against Philadelphia. And so uh, because of that, I think it's going to be very difficult to get him to come off the field, even if they were up, you know, 38 to seven. I just think that he's going to want to get be out there and get the reps and uh, work on his timing with other guys even more, you know? And uh, so I think that he's going to probably play the whole, the whole game. Um, and as long as he stays healthy and as long as the hand feels fine, I don't, I, I just don't see him coming out of the game. And uh, frankly, as long as he's not taking a lot of shots, I, I would want him to be out there to get as many reps, uh, you know, throwing the football and just getting on, getting in a good spot. And that should carry over the following week until Chicago. And then all of a sudden you got the bye week and then he'll have plenty of time to rest then. But I, I, if I was Mike McCarthy, I'd probably want to see him for, for this entire game, even if that was getting out of hand. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about last week's game and not to go back up about it, but I feel like one of the things that I've noticed, I, I, I was a little surprised like last week with like the Dalton Schultz not being out there. And then, you know, obviously now that Dak's coming back, I'm sure we can expect to see him back, you know, having his guys around him, I feel like it's going to be kind of important for him to be able to come back too because a lot of these guys are, you know, more of in a rookie position and Schultz not being, did you guys feel like they were waiting to kind of bring them back together for that reason? Or what was your mind thinking in, in regards to that? Because it just feels like, again, like having Dak back is going to be important, but having his guys back with him is going to be equally as important. So he can really quickly start to get back into the swing of things. Yeah. I think Schultz wants to be out there. I just, I think he suffered a setback uh, yeah, last I was week. Say, did he not retweak his knee? Yeah, it was like last Saturday in, in, in their practice. And so uh, he didn't want to go. Uh, he didn't feel comfortable with where his knee was at. And so it sounds like him. He's a full go in practice this week. It sounds like he'll be ready for this one. But um, I kind of see the, you know, glass half full in that. And the fact that you did get a lot of valuable snaps for Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson. And they keep stepping up when given those opportunities. And I think, you know, you look at the big picture. And if it keeps trending in this direction, Dalton Schultz's next contract is probably coming from another team. And you can only pay so many guys. They're going to want to pay CD. They're going to pay Trayvon Diggs and obviously Micah. And so they're not going to be able to pay everybody. And so you're going to have to go cheap at some positions. You have to go young at some positions. And if you can develop two young tight ends like this, that's going to be their ideal plan. And so, uh, yeah, you'd, I, the, you know, perfect world, you'd rather have Dalton out there that's clearly been a safety blanket for debt yeah, for a long say, time blanket, exactly <laughs> yeah so you want to see him out there um i just wonder because it's compared to zeke's knee injury of last year what's the best it will get this season you know i mean obviously you'll like having the bye week and giving him some rest there but you know zeke had to play with that knee brace and it obviously limited him last year and i know they play two different positions but at the same time when you're running routes and things like that with a knee brace on, it's going to slow you down and, and you're not going to be as effective. And so I'm interested to see how they manage him, but the positive for the Cowboys, it looks like they have two good young tight ends. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Speaking of guys, like when you mentioned Zeke, do you think this is a big, big game for him? I mean, you mentioned the defense is awful. <laughs> yeah. Like, is this a is this a reinforcement game for him? Or do you feel like Tony Pollard is going to be a, yet again kind of, you know, the guy who is slowly creeping up, not to the number one, but like uh, he's definitely becoming a lot more even, dare I say, to Zeke, at least in terms of production and the value that he seems to be bringing to this team. Yeah, I, my projection right now would be that in and w- when the game's over, Tony Pollard will have the most rushing yards, but I think this has a chance to be one of those games like we've seen a few times in the past where both Zeke and Pollard go over 100 yards. I just I I don't think if if they don't have to bang Zeke, Zeke's head against a wall to get a yard here and a yard there like they were doing in Philadelphia, they're not going to do it for no reason. I just Tony Pollard is such a good home run hitter, especially against poor defenses. I, I just think there's going to be opportunities there for him to hit some big runs. So I think both of them go uh, over hundred yards. I think that's one of the reasons that they win is because they're going to have over 200 yards rushing against this team. Well, and you kind of talk, this is on the other side of the ball. So excuse me for sidestepping a little bit, but um, you mentioned that the offensive line for Detroit is like pretty good. Yeah. Um, given last week, do you think there's any sort of formula that's kind of being conjured um, for stifling Micah Parsons at all? I, I really don't. Um, I think the plan that the Eagles had was pretty good, but you can only do that if you have the players the Eagles have. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a big part of that. There's not many teams that can do that read option as successfully as they do because you have to have a very good running quarterback to do that. And so – the offensive line for the Lions, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's kind of similar to, in a way, the way the Cowboys offensive line used to be, where just there's a lot of high draft picks on it. You know, when you're bad for a long time, you get a lot of high draft picks and they spent a lot of them on the offensive line. Penny Sewell, Frank Ragnow, Taylor Decker. I mean, they've there's a lot of investments there. So you would think that they would be good up front. So uh Frankly, I think Mike, Mike is going to have a big game just because he just seems very pissed off from the way he played uh, in in Philadelphia. And there he made plays, but he didn't have his typical Micah game. And so because of that, I expect him to be, you know, I expect him to be pretty motivated. He seemed pretty motivated today when he talked to us, but uh, there was just a bad taste in his mouth because he didn't make the impact that he thought he should in that game. And he's never said this, but I... I just feel just as a human being, you probably wanted to show out in Philadelphia being a guy from Pennsylvania, probably wanted to have a better game than he did. Yeah. And so I just anticipate him being really fired up. And, and as long as he's motivated, 
to overcome that. I don't know that there's much you can do in the NFL to stop him. I love that you said that he was all like pissed off. Like he's, he's just such a unicorn. Would you, would you go as far as to say that, do you think he is the, I feel crazy saying this. Is he the top defensive player in the league right now? As it stands like right now, like, can I say like, can I call it active players? Cause I know like the TJ Watts, like, you know, crowd would be like, what the F, but still like, is that a fair assessment at this point in his career in the season to, to go ahead and say? Yeah, I would say right now it's hard for me to, I'm see, I get in arguments with people because in all of sports, because I'm about, you got to show me, I need a track record. I can't just go, I'm not a very buy-in on whatever's the latest hot trend. You got to show me for a while. And so because of that, I probably would still lean a little bit to Aaron Donald, but I think it's right between it's Aaron Donald, Micah Parsons, probably Nick Bosa from the 49ers, Miles Garrett. I mean, it's right in there and he's with, he's with any of those guys. I mean, you can make the argument because they all do stuff a little bit differently. And so it's hard to sit there and just say, Oh, one's better than the other. Uh, And Aaron Donald being in the middle of a defensive line, he's not going to stand out as much, but then again, they put him out on the edge. And those couple of times he ran against Tyler Smith. I mean, he was able to get home. I mean, Aaron Donald has still got plenty of gas left in the tank. This might be his last season playing. um, But I still, I'd probably give him a little bit of an edge just for how long that he's been doing it. I'm trying to bring up right now. I want to see what the, uh, I'm really honestly almost about to be done. Is that for real? Yeah. He almost retired after they won the Super Bowl, And so I'm kind of surprised he didn't. All right. So here the AP defensive player of the year odds right now, Micah, Micah Parsons is the favorite. My, and it's pretty considerable favorite miles Garrett second, Nick Bosa's third. And then yeah, Aaron Donald's uh, tied with Max Crosby for fourth. So yeah, I would, I would put all those guys right there, but reason why I probably give the Mike, Mike at the edge a little bit from a Cowboys perspective is just, we've seen how bad and, and not even just how bad, but just how average the Cowboys defense has been for such a long time. And then how bad it was in 2020. And then all of a sudden you draft him. Now it was the same time you got Dan Quinn. So those two things are right there. Um, but just the turnaround that he's been able to have on a defense that really was not very good. You know, that's, it just, it's hard to, it's hard to overlook what he's doing. I think that he's absolutely, uh, deserves all the accolades and all the praise that he's getting. I don't think that this is a guy that's being overrated because he's a star for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Honestly, it's again, like he just, he's such a fire on this team. And I love that you were talking about the fact that he's, he's pissed off and it, this is a game that some players would be irritated with how they performed, but I wonder if they would be as motivated going into a very obviously uneven matchup as he is where he takes it so seriously every single time. And, you know, we've talked about Michael Parsons, but it's just, it's just fun to keep hearing those nuggets of things that make you love him like that much more. Speaking of defense though, you know, no one cares about your, fantasy football team but if you do have um anyone on the Detroit offense probably a good week to bench them or what are we thinking (laughs) um yeah probably is but I don't know I could still see DeAndre Swift or their tight end TJ Hawkinson uh I still would probably play like those guys and Amaron St. Brown is a good wide receiver I mean I would probably play those top guys but I wouldn't be expecting any huge games I'm you know, when you talk about fantasy, the thing that I keep waiting for is for this 
a breakout CD lamb game. You know, he's, he's drafted in fantasy leagues as a number one, you know, top receiver top, you know, I think he, in most leagues, he was a top 15, top 20 pick. And so with Dak back, I'm interested to see if he has one of those, you know, big like 120 and like two touchdown type games or something like that. I, I think he's due for that. And the longer that he, him and Michael Gallup are on the field at the same time, I think one of them has to have a big game. I thought Michael Gallup was going to have that against the Eagles. Um, but I mean, props to the Eagles, they have very good defensive backs. So obviously that factored in, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't start too many lions, but they have put up offensive numbers. So that's, that's the thing I keep battling with is because I, I think that the Cowboys are going to win and I don't really have any doubts about it, but I think the lions can score points because they, they, they do have a talented offense. Okay, so do you think this is a the CD Lamb game, or do you think um, it, they're going to keep it on the ground a little more this this game? I think they keep it on the ground. I just I wonder if things do click if they want to, you know, if the passing game is opened up, that maybe they do try and get to CD to go off. off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to try and you know basically like, like look at this hand, y'all. Yeah, or or just to get him going, you know, to uh, to to get some good mojo going, get you know, build his confidence some more that no moments. You know, there's just a thing about being a number one receiver in the NFL where you just see so much coverage and so much uh, teams focused on taking you away that it gets frustrating for guys that, you know, in every other step of football you've played and you've been the man and, and your quarterback just throws to you, whether you're defended well or not, because you're the man. But once you get in the NFL, there's just all kinds of different coverages they can run. There's all kinds of double teams, different things. So it's constantly a challenge to try and get you going. And that's why you'll notice early in games, they'll try and throw quick screens or things like that to CD to try and get them going. The Cowboys used to do that with Des Bryant too, you know, get, get something going early, even if it is just a short pass. Cause you want to get their, you know, you want to get their confidence up the mojo going, you want them to, you know, start feeding off of that. So uh, yeah, potentially is that that could happen here. Um, when you mentioned earlier about uh, Kelsey, about the, if it gets out of hand about the DAC thing, the yeah. thing I would wonder if it gets out of hand is, do you see finally some Cavante Turpin on offense? You see some Jalen, you know, just some stuff that you haven't got to because you just haven't converted a lot of third down. So you haven't had the ball a lot. So you've been kind of, you know, when Cooper rush was out there, it was a lot of Noah Brown, Michael Gallup, CD lamb. You didn't get a lot of balls thrown to other guys, you know, and side ends too, but I'm wondering if maybe if they get a little bit of a lead, you see some Jalen Tolbert or, or, or Cavante Turpin. Okay, so let's let's play that game a little bit more. Let's lean in. Let's lean in, folks. On, let's find dog. out who's let's find out whose dog that is back there. That's not Josie, is it? It is Josie. Look at Josie. Josie. He's taking a sip of water, but next time he comes back, good I'll... for him. Sorry, yeah. go on. I'm Don over here, like... savior of Josie's life. So <laughs> it's true. It's the good true old Josie, godfather <laughs> of the Joes. Um, yeah, while you're doing that, I'm like entertaining my puppy with my, with a toy in my left hand. Like I'm really multitasking right now. This you is got, yeah. Um, no, I want to lean into this concept of, you know, what could happen? Like, let's, let's get a crazy prediction from you before I put you in the corner of asking you what a score prediction is going to be, because I'm sure you are just so used to doing that every week, but how about let's go a crazy prediction? Because again, like things could get out of hand. They could not. But I feel like this could be an opportunity for something weird or something different to happen. So uh, what say you? Man, crazy. The craziest prediction that you could make is that the Lions win the game. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> Ooh, hmm, yeah. crazy, crazy prediction. Crazy prediction. Man. 
The Turpin one was pretty good. I liked that actually. Yeah. Getting him involved on offense. I don't know that that would even be crazy. I just, it's something I would like to see because they just haven't got to it recently. Right. I don't know. Cause I was going to say on defense that maybe Anthony Brown gets multiple interceptions or something like that would maybe be, you know, I just feel like they're due for a takeaway or two. And uh, I just feel like everyone's cautious right now of throwing at Trayvon Diggs. And so maybe Anthony Brown has a game here or another one that could possibly have a game would be Jordan Lewis. I mean, he's a guy from the Detroit area. He obviously grew up watching the Lions, went to University of Michigan. Maybe this is a game where, where he has a break. I'm, I'm interested to see one of these DBs not named Trayvon Diggs, uh, you know, have produce a little bit here with, with a takeaway or two. Maybe it's Donovan Wilson. Maybe it's J. Ron Curse. J. Ron Curse played a year with the Lions. Yep. So uh, the takeaways, maybe it's somebody not named Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, or, or Trayvon Diggs. You know, maybe it's somebody uh, that we're not thinking of uh, has a big game there. Okay. I love, I love that. All right. So um, we might take it to the house this game since you really wanted to last time and got <laughs> shut down. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes, exactly. I love that prediction. Let's manifest that please immediately. Um, okay. I'm my crystals just for this occasion. Yes. So on, on that note, then I already alluded to this. I'm going to do the tried and true. Tell me the score, my dear Johnny, look into your crystal ball of knowledge of things that we're going to quote you on that, you know, we just love to do that and put you in that position to not look back on what your score prediction was. Someone might, but it won't be us, but I would love to get you on the record either way, giving us your best of what you think is going to happen come Sunday night. Okay. Whether the Cowboys come out hot or the lions do, let's say the lions come out and take a 14, nothing lead either way. I still think the Cowboys win 31 to 17. Interesting. The Lions could come out hot. I'm telling you. I mean, they had the bye week. They've scored a lot of points against teams. Uh, it would not surprise me if, you know, and then there's some panic, like, oh, this looks like the Philadelphia game again. But just give it time. You know, it's kind of like the it's like the Eagles game. It didn't really shock me that the Cowboys started coming back in the second half because of the way the Eagles have played all year. Right. And there's a little bit of that with the Lions too, where you've you've kind of like, oh wow, maybe they're for real because they did up until this New England game, they've played tight with just about everybody they've played against. It just, I don't know. They, you just, you wonder at what point do, is there a little bit of give up, you know, and, and early on, if they fall behind, maybe that happens. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see, but I like 31, 17 Cowboys. Does Detroit hate Jared Goff genuinely? No, I don't think so. I mean, especially with the way the, uh, that whole trade went down, they were basically given another first round pick to take Jared Goff. And so if you're the Lions, you look at it as, all right, we'll take Jared Goff for two years and we have this other first round pick. And if it doesn't work out now, we can package those up and we can go draft our next quarterback next year, you know, and uh, he hasn't really been been the issue. He's fine. You know, he you know, he reminds me a lot of is, is Jimmy Garoppolo, where it's like, yeah, is he the best? Is he a top 10 guy? No, but he's good enough that if you're if their defense was better. I mean, if their defense was just a little bit better, this has the, the potential to be a team that has three wins right now. Instead, they they only have one because their defense is awful. So right. I don't think it's really his fault, but I also don't know that he's going to be the guy that, you know, takes you to a Super Bowl. You know, he obviously got to one and, and he, they lost to New England, but uh, you could do a lot worse, I feel like, than Jared Goff. That's fair. 
All you right. know, I always have an unrelated question for you, John. Yes. I, I was like, I was like, all right, well, that's all I got. And Meg's like, no, let's here's go. the unrelated question. Let's and ask- I'm just like, this is going to be the ending on a high note that we okay. all needed, but we didn't know we wanted. Yes, let's go. <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, this week, Dak Prescott announced that he is the new brand ambassador for Glow Nutrition. <laughs> um, do you know who the other brand ambassador is? <laughs> I do. Yeah, absolutely. And the only reason I do that do know this is because it's such a great business move because anything she touches just Kylie takes Jenner. off. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kylie Jenner. I saw that. I, and the so, reason I said, oh, oh, it's okay. not. No, no. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because he he uh, posted it. Yeah, yeah he posted he posted on Instagram. He posted with, with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because our hair, hold on. Hold on. I'll give you one. Since given since, the proximity, does that change your um the um like or not sorry, what am I trying to say? Does it change the odds? I know where this is going. For Jack and Kim to get together. I can't. Yeah. Um I'll be honest with you, it doesn't because okay. I don't think that he's at where he's at in his career. I don't think he's looking for any distractions and that would be a huge distraction. Uh, but like, would your email guys maybe, you know, boost the numbers a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Right. No, I don't think there's any question that they, they'd probably increased after that. Um, but yeah, I just don't see how he would want that, that extra distraction, especially during the season. That would seem like it'd be more of an off season type <laughs> thing where, maybe you think that that's a good idea for a while. And then you realize how crazy your life is. And next thing you know, you got to deal with a bunch of stuff that Kanye West is saying about you. Uh, (laughs) So I don't think it, I don't think it increases. Yeah. I don't think it increases it that much. Um, You got Selena Gomez. I I know he said in an interview a while back, this had to be, I don't know, three, four five years ago, at least where somebody asked him, it might have been a kid at like a camp or something asking his celebrity crush, and he said Selena Gomez. So that would. I mean, she's only gotten better, in my opinion. So. Okay. And then okay. what wasn't she and Haley Bieber like hanging out together? Like, what happened there? What I miss? I feel Dude. like I've been under a rock this week. Oh, this is bear- a pop culture moment. Yeah. Um, here we go. So uh, obviously, you know, there's bad blood between Haley Bieber and Selena Gomez, as Selena Gomez dated Justin very many for a very long time, and there was a little bit of like. I'm getting back with Selena when I'm with Haley and I'm getting back with Haley when I'm with Selena. Right. Kind of thing going on. So bad blood. She's been getting a lot of, uh, all of her posts. Every comment is like Jelena and like, we hate you and oh all this crap. So, and Selena's said like a million times, Scott, like leave her alone. And so she took it upon herself to take a photo with Haley and hug her. And it broke the internet in my opinion. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested I'm, from that side of things, you know, I know, obviously, they have a ton of fans. And so I'm sure that Selena Gomez's fans don't like Hailey Bieber. I get that. Yeah. But man, I just when I think of that, I just, go, you know, bringing it back to Dak and, and the Kim Kardashian thing, just how much negativity would come her way from the Cowboys would just be. I mean, the cow. I mean, uh, it's not the Cowboys as in the organization, but their fans. But I mean, right. we're talking every interception, every loss. I mean, it would be all being blamed on her. Jessica Simpson um, had a hard time, and it wasn't even the like peak internet. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Justin Bieber, yes, and Kim Kardashian. I'll yes. tie this back in. You know, you know who I saw at the Philadelphia game? Who? 
Corey. What? Yeah. I made me it made me think because I'm pretty sure he was Justin Bieber's manager for a little bit, right? Yeah. Made me think that because he was with Jerry in his suite during the Rams game, because they won that game. I wonder if Jerry was like, We need you to come to Philadelphia. You know, and he loves the Cowboys. I mean, I've seen I've seen him at uh man, I want to say the last two for sure, yeah. maybe the last three tra- training camps. I mean, he is a huge Cowboys fan. But... I'm fascinated that he got Chris Jenner to go to a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Crazy. You guys are welcome for these pop culture moments. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Hey, I don't you, have... Did we talk about how, I think we did, but did we talk about how when they showed Kim at the at the Rams game? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, feel, no, I felt bad for her. Oh, just everybody booed. I'm no like Kardashian stan over here. I do keep up, but I'm not a stan by any means. But that was mean. Yeah. Y'all gotta chill. I just not feel... hating Miles Austin anymore. Leave her alone. Right. <laughs> I just I feel bad for anybody when in those situations when you uh and not that not, when she was on the big screen, it was she was I don't know, you know, actually she was with a friend or whatever, but when you see the pictures later that she was there with her kids, with her kids yeah. yeah, I don't I'm not booing anybody in front of their kids, you know. Oh, okay. the kids—that's showing the kids too, and then yeah. they would have gotten a better reaction. Yeah, yeah, but that's you, fair. you don't need to exploit children either, so I get it. <laughs> be nice to other kids, guys. Yeah. Nice anyways, if right. um Dak and Selena ever get together, I'd be happy. But you know, <laughs> other than that, <laughs> I'm honestly things out of the question. I think genuinely thrilled with the trajectory of where this show has gone. So, um, and I'm very. <laughs> It did. This happened because on about them Cowboys, um, he did mention that he gets like random emails about like the odds of I think it was mostly the Tom Brady thing, like who he's going to date next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I was listening to the podcast. And then when you started talking about that, I was like, oh, (laughs) you're like, hold on. I didn't know. I I I have a couple words that I'd like to throw in there. So I texted (laughs) John and I was like, here's the thing. The reason sure. why it was so funny to me is because the way the email was written to me was, oh, hey, we have a fun story about Tom Brady's divorce and who could be the next. I'm just like, how is this fun? And then there's a follow up email about it, too. Like, oh, just ch- checking back to see if you want to write about this fun story. I'm just like, it's not <laughs> fun. I don't understand what this is. It's uh, better and it's not even close. OK, I just in my opinion. When you said the thing about Selena Gomez, though, it made me think because you guys are both Cowboys fans, you yeah. really want your star player to be dating a celebrity or would you not care? Um, not necessarily, but on paper, just as a fan of her self and her work, um, they're like what they do and what they believe in, like, as far as like helping people and being positive impact in their community, they could get, they could get, a, get along. So how'd yeah. you guys feel about, uh, Jessica Simpson at that time when she was dating Tony Romo? I loved it. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't I down here yet, you know. Really so. bad for her because I was like, anytime they lost, it was like her fault somehow. And yeah. I was like, maybe he just sucked that day. Why does it have to be her fault? Right. Yeah, I, yeah. it doesn't really super bother me. I'm gonna be totally honest with you because I just I know like, that people do get psychopathic about it, though. But yeah. that is that is what we do here in Cowboys Nation. We yeah. we like to run insane narratives into the ground and be unreasonable. I think just have fun with them and not just like beat people over the heads with it. What is accountability by something we don't subscribe to? Hello? Like, not a thing. You know what I just thought about, too, is I was thinking of it from the celebrity standpoint, but, man, Patrick Mahomes' wife is not a celebrity, and she gets so much hate in the social media world. She kind of deserves it a little bit of times, though. Maybe I'm being a total hypocrite right now, though, but, like, 
I just like hire a better PR team to like run some of your ideas through and understand that like, I don't know, like maybe doing weird things on the sideline, like ain't it as the QB one, you know, queen. Like I just yeah. like that ain't it, sis. That ain't it. Someone should tell her. I just it has sure to be she's been told though. Oh, I'm sure she's been told. Cares. That well then I don't know what to say. Like it's I don't know. I kind of respect that a little bit. I yeah. I don't give a crap. Look, what are you gonna do to me? Kick yeah. me out of Kansas City? Guess yeah. who's gonna with me? Patrick Mahomes. What are you gonna do now? Correct. Two of my favorite professional athletes that are playing right now are Patrick Mahomes and Steph Curry. And I just, they're so popular. Uh, they're so unique in what they do. And I just feel like both of their wives just catch, catch so these strays because obviously that their husbands are so popular. Yeah. I love and Aisha Curry though. Like I she's love her. Yeah. 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 You do too, Murphy, right? Yeah. You I too. just, if you hate Aisha Curry, you need to check yourself. Exactly. I can't speak for Mahomes, but we love Aisha. For sure. <laughs> I, I can only do so much. I'm not, I'm a nice person y'all, but I am not that nice. So got to keep it honest on this podcast. All right, y'all. Um, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, pack my bags for the rest of my trips tomorrow. So LOL. It's been a pleasure though. Thank you, John, for, I'm going to go listen to midnight's a million times. Yes. That too. <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to pack my bag while I listen to new Taylor Swift. And I hope you guys do the same. Um, John, you're the greatest. Thank you so much for coming on, for always coming on. What are you working on right now? Tell the good people outside of your incredible podcast, which I highly recommend you, KT, uh, Saad. It, it, it's just, and obviously Kent, it's just, it's, it's such high quality work week in, week out. Definitely make sure you listen to it. It's, it's about them cowboys, right? That's what it's called. Right. Yeah. It's on my speed dial at this point. So I just popped <laughs> in, um, find them on like Spotify, Apple, all, all things, but what else? is up your sleeve, my dear friend. Well, my plan right now is I've been writing, I write game stories that generally post on Mondays, whatever, right after the game, uh, within a few hours. And then uh, we, we do two podcasts a week. Usually in the middle of the week, I try and do some type of a featurey type story or something focused on whatever the team was doing. And then every Saturday morning, I do a notebook, which is basically, that's that's the thing that's kind of a, everything that's gone on in the week, everything I've heard on and off the record kind of going into the game that previews everything. So uh, not a lot of people publish stuff on Saturdays, but I feel like with the Cowboys, a lot of times playing late Sunday or Monday, uh, usually a decent amount of people look at that. So that's kind of my routine I'm in right now, but you know, depending on how they play, things can change quickly. Yeah. I mean, if you guys aren't subscribed to the athletic, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, do it and, and do it under John Machado's name. So he gets credit. <laughs> And then you can read all of this stuff because literally I'm not even joking. And then you'll be the smartest Cowboys fan <laughs> of all your friends. It literally costs less than like a coffee, a cup of coffee, like a week or something like that. I mean, it's not even, it's, Murphy's it's even in the back telling you that you have to go do it. So Murphy's I think angry. If you don't do this, like for yeah. his uncle John, <laughs> um, thank you, Murphy. Yes. He's big, big influencer in this space. All right, guys. Well, make sure you are subscribed to the blog of the boys podcast, wherever your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher, come hang out with all of us and on my dog on social media, John Mishota first. So it's J O N Mishota. You can find him on Twitter. That's your, that's your Twitter, right? Did I did yep. that right. Yeah. I, I know all my friends nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Um, I am also on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. I'm on Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles. And Megan is at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter. 
Um, all right. So I know last week wasn't exactly how we as Cowboys fans wanted to go down, but we're going to leave you guys with these words anyways, because uh, on that note, though, before Megan does, I still have the link up for T-shirts. I'm going to pull it down on Sunday. So I know it didn't go like we wanted, kids, but if you still want your Dallas Forever Philly for Never shirt, they do benefit mental health, which is kind of cool. I'll get those ordered and you will have them in your hands before the game in December, the rematch, which I well, just way before that, way before that. But I'm just saying, prepare yourself. Yeah. Um, either way though, Megan, on that note, leave the good people with what they need to hear. Dallas forever, Philly for never birds aren't real. John Machado forever. Bye guys. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.